spoiler alert. Oh, this is the only fucking podcast about the Sopranos. So what, no fucking ZD now? Turn the motherfucking music up. Just plays, man. Oh me, nigga. Uh. Yeah. 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 Welcome to the Empire State. Home with World Trade. Birthplace of Michael Jordan. Home of Biggie Small, Rockefeller headquarters, ladies and gentlemen. This week on No Fucking ZD, we're talking fun facts from the Balkans, fine dining establishments, and Shelly from My River. We lead the world in computerized data collection. It's an all-new episode of No Fucking ZD. I'm a BK brawler, Marcy Projects hallway orderer, pure coke copper, get your order up. I bring them to Baltimore in the Florida Explorer, but it's gonna cost you more if I gotta get them to Florida. Welcome to new, uh, new fucking ZD. New, new fucking ZD. <laughs> Welcome to new fucking ZD, guys. New ZD city. Uh, I am Brandon. This is uh, my trusty co-host, Evan, here. Um, I don't think you've ever done that. And I'm not no. the co-host. We're both co-hosts. Just, yeah, true, true. We're, we're, we're co-hosts. Yeah, I'm the assistant. That <laughs> There's another host who actually sits in my seat every week, but yeah. he never shows up. Yeah, assistant so, co-host. Yeah. So assistant I just, to the co-host. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's me. Uh, episode 72. Jesus. We are in the final... Final 15 episodes here. Fuck, really? This is it. Yeah, this is the yes. You guys, right. I just want to say something to our audience that we may only have another 12, 18 months together tops. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> around know? there, probably. Yeah, we got to take a really fucking long break. Well, both Brennan and I are getting married this summer, so maybe we'll just wait until the dust settles. Yeah, to each other. Yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, to each other. We're both getting married yeah. to each other. That's, that's grammatical. Uh, yeah, we might have to. We might just disappear for a while. So if we don't show up next week for some reason, you know, maybe we're in a car accident. Maybe we're on vacation. Who really knows? Maybe but, we're in New Hampshire. Yeah, maybe we're up in New Hampshire now. That could literally be the thing. Yeah. Um, but just yeah. taking walks and like sitting next to a waterfall. Mm-hmm. Just <laughs> definitely saying, saying hi to everybody mm-hmm. and getting and they would say hi back. You know, it doesn't happen in. New York. No. When I first moved here, I said hi to a lot of people on the street, and they looked at me very strangely and yep, yep. didn't say hi back and usually rushed away. But now you've grown up and yeah. you're the one rushing. Yeah, exactly. I'm just like, what the f- this guy's fucking smiling at me and saying hi for some yeah, strange why reason. why are you smiling? It's yeah, weird. Yeah. Get away from me, Dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, final 15, though. This is the, uh, oh, this is the countdown. Um... So know, is this is a this... top 15 episode of the final 15? Yeah. <laughs> top, top 10 of the final 15? <laughs> it very well could be. What we'll see where we, where we wind up. Yeah. Uh, this The Sopranos episode or our episode right now? Oh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Sopranos episode, I got to say, uh, like I, uh, I've, I feel like I've said this every week now about this season, but better than I remember, because <laughs> I, I kind of remember this also being slower. It's a little hijinks laden. It is. Right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like, a little weird to have uh, Sir Ben and Laura McCall in there and I think you, you were saying a couple weeks ago that you know we're getting so close to the end it's like why are we wasting time with all these these uh, side streets and, and whatnot and the gays mm-hmm. and, right you did say that specifically <laughs> yeah. um, no I mean it's it, it is it's sort of a I mean when I was watching it originally though and mm-hmm. we were in this space here because we haven't even finished 6A right? right so I wasn't feeling that kind of pressure mm-hmm. i'm talking about the the real crazy shit like like the final episode of Mad Men, for example mm-hmm. three quarters of the episode you're just it's like something that is 
symbolic but completely unreal i'm trying not to spoil everything but basically like yeah he's like racing cars in fucking utah right it's like a totally new setting out of nowhere yeah yeah and then he goes and sees an old character that like no one cares about and mm. it's like the whole episode you're and it's designed to do that the whole episode you're just like what are they doing yeah, don't yeah, they yeah. know it's almost over yeah like they have to know that someone told them right you know yeah, like yeah. is it a joke and then I mean, that was a great finale. I right. loved I loved the Mad Men finale. Me too. Yeah, um, that's, that's a real good one. Yeah. Sponsored by Coke. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> it was. But, uh, <laughs> but um, I think that, you know, I, I I like that that with Sopranos, you kind of start to really feel the season finale-ness of it mm -hmm. sort of early on. Mm -hmm. It's not just like this displacement of people and like sort of like a reminder of like the nothingness of life, you know? Mm -hmm. But um. So I'm not feeling that pressure yet. Yeah. Um, I, but I, I think that when it was airing, a lot of people felt that way. They were like, yeah. well, get to the action. But there was always people saying that. You know? they, yeah. That, they didn't kill anyone in this episode. Oh, wait. Well, they, no, they, they did. do, actually. Yeah. 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 Actually, sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. Strike one. We didn't mean to tell you. Um, yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, and it's like, why are they dealing with, you know, it's like, it's Artie and Benny. These, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Artie's a great character, but Benny's kind of like a bench player. Just right. they're pulling him in out of nowhere there. and Not on our team, and, but like in Sopranos in, land. Right. He's, he's, yeah. he's a bench player for sure yeah um and then there's these long stretches in in hollywood with you know uh ben kingsley and lauren bacall who was uh, you know uh, an actor from from way back when someone from the david chase grew up watching you know gandhi uh, right so oh lauren bacall is not gandhi no but that would be amazing if she played that character she dated gandhi actually oh interesting <laughs> yeah interesting. when they were teens i didn't know that huh. <laughs> What a wild youth that's Gandhi so, had. That's so mean. Yeah. Um, she's not that old. And she's fucking alive. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's being awesome is the best. Yeah. I mean, being alive is the best, but being awesome <laughs> being, is even better. Being fucking alive. <laughs> well, you, you, we can, you know, we love to talk about being awesome. Sure. Just some people don't know what it's like. No. Yeah. You know? But we can tell you it's great. It's yeah. the best, actually. They're books. Yeah. Um, so... But now watching it, you know, I, I really do love the Artie story um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I can appreciate the Chris story. I, I like the Chris story. It's just kind of like we sort of knew it was going to go there in a way and um, go where to just him that he was going to be super sliding, up. Yeah, yeah, sliding back into that. Uh, and this is really just kind of one little bump in the road before a few episodes from now when he's going to really just go right back into the deep end. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and then by next season, we he's know where that ends He's going to go as we like to say. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, let's, uh, you want to start with Artie, uh, our good friend, Author. Author. I, I, okay, so Artie is up to his old tricks, first mm -hmm. of all. Mm -hmm. Falling in love, you know. Mm -hmm. What a dumbass. I had to look it up. I... I I for a second thought this was the same hostess, but it's not. No, but this is the third hostess he's fallen. He's kind of fallen in love with. <laughs> yeah, counting so, Adriana. So there was Adriana. Yeah. There was uh, the second one, Elodie, I believe. Elodie. Yes. Oh yeah, yes. Jean Philippe. Yeah, <laughs> you're home. Uh, and then now it's uh, Martina. Martina from goes the down Balkans. Easy. Yeah. She goes down easy. Yeah. Another fun fact from the Balkans. <laughs> I love that they like gave gave him a chance to have a little comic timing mm -hmm. you know in this one because he's really I, I've been dying for an Artie episode you yeah. know what I mean like yeah. we were owed one yeah, frankly yeah, yeah. agreed and anyone who while. wants to see some more bloodshed or some hardcore shit like let us we'll get to you when we get to you yeah. you know what I mean we needed some Artie shenanigans right 
And his life is tough. It is, yeah. I mean, it's, his is actually the story I relate to the most, generally speaking. Right, yeah. He's, Just being like no, nothing ever works out. <laughs> ever, yeah. <laughs> Look at everybody else working it. Yeah. Uh, he's the regular guy that, yeah. um, you know, that Tony doesn't want to be. Although, you know, Tony's talking about lately just appreciating those little things that the regular guy appreciates or that yeah. the regular guy has. But, of course, it fucking sucks. You know, there's always like a leak <laughs> in the roof or in Artie's case, uh, you know, something going wrong at the restaurant. The business is down. Dude. Uh, you know, it sucks. I'm totally with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, and, and he owns his own business. It's really stressful. Yep. I love that we get some insight into his relationship with, uh, with Charmaine, you know, yeah, like yeah, they're yeah. doing okay. They're communicating. He's clearly like having a tough time. And did, then did we know they were, I'm trying to think of like the timeline. Did we know that they were back together officially at this they point? They mentioned it yeah. when, um, well, she's been back at the restaurant for a while now. She never left the restaurant. Left, right, they were right, they were like right. you know with the mouchard ravioli and everything right, like right. they were, and she was wearing that hot dress. But right, like, right. I like actually just to go back, I love that Carmela was angry at Tony for how hot Charmaine looked. Yeah. <laughs> if that is not really amazing understanding of intermarriage conflict mm-hmm. by the writers, then mm-hmm. I don't know what is because somehow <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and we've all gone there. You know what I mean? Um, and it's all a trap is all I'm saying. Right. Um, but anyways, uh, yeah, he's having a tough time and well, Oh, in terms of their divorce, they, and I feel like I have some image in my head of him, like announcing it when he was like, you know, visiting someone at their table. I, me too. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Just saying that they're getting back together or yeah. some quick little throwaway line. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. But we haven't seen them at home in a long time and you know, no. they seem good. They do seem good. They seem like a, a unit, you know, a, yeah. a team. She's always got his back. She's she's ride or die, which she's is what super I love. She's ride or die, and about. she's smarter than him, <laughs> which is very much very so. lucky. Yeah, you know, and and Artie is just kind of he's in that boring place where he just feels a little bit powerless, and he's and he's like trying really hard, and he's like overdoing it with the jokes and all that shit, and yeah. like. And it's like really not working and everybody just wants to be like, dude, stop. Like right. it sucks. It's, it's like horrific watching him going around to these tables. It's very cringy. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's terrible. It's rough. Uh, I mean, yeah. So Sir Charmaine at the beginning mentions that, that, you know, maybe you shouldn't go around. No one wants to hear your stories basically. <laughs> yeah. But then to hear it from Tony later is just like, especially like quite the, uh, the punch in the gut, you know? Well, especially because he essentially calls out Tony because he knows that Tony profited profited off of what Benny was doing. Mm-hmm. And Tony's like, oh, I, you know, I'd like real, really sorry. It was crazy. You overreacted and stuff. And he's like, oh, well, thanks a lot, pal. Yeah. You know, because like, you know, he's basically not letting Tony pretend that he wasn't benefiting the whole time. Yeah. But do we believe Tony that he didn't know was happening? Maybe. Because I guess he does say it to Benny. Benny has to apologize later in the episode for it. So... Probably, yeah. Oh, and he has maybe one of my all-time favorite lines of the entire series where he says, you don't shit where you eat, and you really don't shit where I eat. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I like that. fucking awesome. I want a place like that and an assistant to say that too <laughs> or something, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean, Artie's getting screwed. A lot of the, a lot of his, his woes, unfortunately, come from his relationship to Tony. Yeah. Um, this one is a little more indirect. It's not like the last time we saw him with the John Philippe thing and the borrowing money and, you know. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Which Tony brings up. 
you know he's he's just kind of he he's he recognizes that Artie's looking a, a little depressed and says something to the effect of like we remember what happened last time um yeah so, so i like that little callback oh completely i like all the little callbacks too to the fire in in season one the you know the explosion at the old vesuvio yeah there's the gloves really came off yeah i mean they're both just it's just out in the open now that yeah tony did that and uh already has to deal with it and you know it worked out i guess for the most part but a lot of pain a lot of pain yeah that's the rough part of it you right. know and it's it's been kind of brutal yeah you know what i mean um Artie's had a rough go. He's had a rough go. Uh, yeah, financially it was a, it was a bad year. He's down forty percent. A lot of that has to do with Tony because Tony didn't want to pay for the <laughs> football, Barone football season. Yeah, football right. season. Well, and, but the, he mentions the Barone sanitation events that Tony just didn't pay for. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> or something like that. Sure. Um, well, because Artie still sort of owes him, you know, for taking care of the Jean Philippe situation. I suppose yeah. that's what we're sort of stemming this from. But the fact is that we both know that Tony got his money back from Jean Philippe. You know what I mean? He just right. had to like. He maybe he had to pay his guys, like because Furio and that other dude paid him, paid John Philippe a visit. Yes, and one of the great silent cuts. Yeah, in exactly. The, in the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't have to see that go down. Yeah. we know what's going <laughs> to happen. We know what happened. Yeah. Um, but not only is he just kind of getting fucked financially here and having a bad year, but yeah, this this young whippersnapper Giovanni down the street or you know in the next town over is uh, coming in and uh, he's he's the new he's the new baby. He's he's the the hot product. You know. Right. 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 Um. So that's affecting business as well. And yeah, that's brutal. I mean, yeah. I guess Benny was just like the straw. You know what I mean? It's a big straw. Oh, totally. It, yeah. I mean, that sucks. Like, I'd be devastated if that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in a business where you need people to return, you know, all yeah. the time. But like, it was just a terrible time for this to happen to Artie. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like classic Sopranos passive aggressiveness. Just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that, that fight that he gets into with Benny on the back porch is just all years of rage about just his whole just life situation coming out completely you know completely um, uh yeah so this dodgy Ivani dude uh, uh supposed to be amazing i guess it's oh. like impossible not to fucking hate the guy when you see that one shot of him coming out and, well, and everyone applauding and he's, him and he's young he's that's, super that's young the worst part yeah i'm sure the actor's a really nice guy but and and he's he's a really good actor because i fucking hated the guy as soon as yeah, the, yeah, totally. i really and truly hated that dude yeah he had no lines and you're like fuck him yeah yeah we should also me- mention speaking of Mad Men, um, this was written by Matthew Matthew Weiner, and uh, it like has a lot of hallmark Mad Men type um, scenes. You know, it, it's it kind of makes sense that it wouldn't be a very violent episode, but it is a very you know um, like internal episode, I guess. I don't know how to really put it, but no, that, it that, has that Mad Men rhythm and, and kind of just general. Yeah, it's a little frantic, and there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. It reminds me a little bit of some of the Mad Men episodes where like some people are out in L.A. Mm-hmm. You know, and some people are still in New York and they're going back and forth between these two things. And there's mm-hmm. some sort of mm-hmm. parallels, some parallelograms right. happening. Right. Um, but the so the, the Benny thing, let's just to be clear, the Benny thing has to do with what Murmur was doing in that one scene, getting all the credit card numbers. Yes. Right. Yeah. From the Jewish motel, which we haven't seen in a long time. I loved seeing the Jewish motel again. Yeah, it really. And it's just a reminder that like you never you never leave the web. Yeah. You know true. what I mean? And Very that, true. and that this Hasidic guy has been sort of turned into a crime guy. Yeah. A crime man. He looks at that, that he's a crime man now. Yeah. Yeah. He looks at that envelope of money and he looks very impressed and, and satisfied. Yeah. Just like um, a non 
orthodox religious person would right. you know what i mean yeah. it's um, like uh okay cool so but yeah but they are it is connected i believe yeah, in some way yeah it's connected murmur kind of keeps a he kind of says a lot about it. i mentioned this but with mm. his like i can put the numbers on actual plastic you know when right. he's talking to the the middle east guys right not so good. No. So, but what they're doing at at Vesuvio is the Mar- same. But but Martina's involvement is that she was taking credit card numbers from customers coming in there. I guess so. And then they're cloning that or something, and then committing fraud that yeah, way. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And so, selling the numbers, and then people use them. I guess they would sell the numbers, and then someone else who buys the numbers would use them online. Right. 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 Like to buy an Xbox specifically yeah, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's, what, that's what this is all about yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> xbox is the key to the whole thing uh it turns out that Artie and martina were apparently really close he's he taught her how to drive there's all these little details that come out that <laughs> are just so very strange stupid. Yeah. yeah like why is he doing all of this stuff like he's yeah. gotta not he's gotta like take it easy he's gotta take it easy yeah he yeah. needs like a nice old lady hostess yeah you know what i mean it's like when don draper gets the old lady receptionist <laughs> and, yeah. and and don says joan knew exactly what i needed <laughs> that's what that's what already needs he keeps destroying his life over these these hostesses these you know women, yeah um or almost destroying his life right yeah true i guess in the end he's he does okay or he he's he's living and and making a living by the end he's living but like benny fucks him up you know yeah and you have to like beyond all of this like there's no way that no amex thing is gonna make things better yeah (laughs) you know it's gonna make things worse do we ever hear about that again i don't think so we assume it just kind of works itself out no but tony starts to you know pay a little bit more and stuff like that i feel like right 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 well tony yeah doesn't he he gives he basically takes that money and gives it back to Artie. i think in that one scene in front of satrials i believe yeah and adds a little extra cash there too yeah buy yourself something nice that's what so, he's saying to put on my tab yeah um yeah so uh benny fucks him up pretty bad Yo. well Artie fucks benny up first though, i know I in was a great re- scene i was so surprised in that scene i i really to this day when i watch it i'm just like Okay, Artie's going to lose this fight, right? Yeah. <laughs> you I know? mean, like yeah. Jean-Philippe with a way tougher guy. True. But I guess, like you were saying, you made a really good point about, about years of like pent-up rage like this, and that's really what this is about. Yeah, and it's rage, I mean, you know, like you were saying, really relatable rage, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like every regular dude would probably kind of would probably love to do that at some point to oh, yeah. somebody, you know, I would fully it's, blow my stack. It's the basis of fight club. Is that these people <laughs> yeah. are stuck in these shitty jobs and just want to explode and, uh, just can't usually. Yep. Um, I love that he says that he'll be at his investing club at the learning annex in the fight. <laughs> no, 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 no. Before uh, when he's talking to the other cooks, I guess it's a slow night. So he takes the night off and <laughs> he gets out of there before service and he gotcha. says, I'll be at my investing club at the learning annex. If you need to call, <laughs> try not to, you That's know, great. yeah, it's fucking hilarious, but no, he's beating up Benny. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and, and yeah, Benny, Benny, uh, he takes a beating pretty good. Um, he really fucks him up. Benny is not a made guy. I don't think. So there's no yeah, real... Yeah, I guess not. I mean, I don't know. It, it seems... I, I can never tell. Yeah, I don't I think so. I would have assumed that Benny was a made guy. Have we talked about this before? I'm we having deja have, vu. Phil beats him up in last season's finale. Right. And um, they're mad, but they're not like having to sit down over it. Right. Or, I mean, well, they probably do, actually. We're remembering incorrectly right now. Right, right. But... Totally. Yeah, Phil beats him up when they're looking for Chrissy. That's right. Yeah. Um, 
So, yeah, I don't think Benny's a made guy. He might be by the end of the series, or, or we'll have to see, I guess. We haven't seen where the show goes. Yeah. I and mean, again, we're assuming this show ends in a really uh, neat and tidy way with yes. a lot of resolution. Yeah, exactly. So. And uh, Tony moves to Arizona, basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scottsdale. But, uh, no, well, I mean, I would think that Benny's a made guy, but then you see in this episode that, like, Jerry the hairdo wasn't made until this episode. Right. You know, and so you're oh, like, right, right, right. oh, well, I guess that it is more difficult to, to get made than you think yeah they say something about like not opening the books for a long time yeah. i guess since like chrissy and eugene way back when wow yeah probably. that's a while yeah that's a long time long time um so benny can't kill Artie still and and Artie can't really be killed for it so you know not, it's okay for right now. It's just a little fight. All they have it's to do is fine. apologize to each other. Artie just cannot help himself, though. And in that great scene with Benny's family showing up for, for dinner, <sighs> it just rubs it in his face once again. It's so rough. Yeah. he's so. I mean, Martina was right. He's super jealous, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. And again, I, I, yeah, I mean, uh, this is a lot to do with that whole, like, toxic masculinity thing we've been talking about and like, yep. what it means to be a man. Artie feels like he needs to stand up for himself or that he's, like, not a real man or that, yep. like... Benny is and I think when Martina says that to him earlier that like really strikes a nerve she's basically saying that like he doesn't fuck like a Fazio fucks <laughs> yeah exactly and Benny's <laughs> and like some really... little fucking macho dickhead yeah yeah um I, I I just have to say I love Charmaine's spiel she's like Audie the guy is a hood like she's <laughs> just like really laying it out like he's scary you know yeah. what I mean like don't fuck with this dude yeah but Artie it's ironic because the only way that Artie is able to pull this whole thing off is by the fact that he's protected by Tony because mm-hmm. you don't shit where he eats. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, if he were anybody else, he'd be totally dead. You know what I mean? I think so. Yeah. I mean, of course. Yeah. Fully. Like that. Benny has that great, that's a really good scene with Tony where he's like, you can kill me after whatever <laughs> he's, he's going down, you know? And I was just like, it's so Frank. Yeah. <laughs> I really like the guy. The acting's great in that scene. He's like, all right, take it easy. Take it easy. And it's like, Tony changes the subject to like, your wife's pregnant, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Having a son. Yeah. Having a son. Uh, Benny's come a long way. He's a Doogie Howser alum, right? I think he was on that show. Jesus, really? Pretty sure he was. As I a, didn't as know a that. small child. And he was in Newsies, right? He's in Newsies with, with a young Christian Bale. I really don't know anything about this. Yeah. Young young Batman, um, Christian Bale, and they're in Newsies together. He was also in Boardwalk Empire. He's part of that, that group yes. of brothers. Yeah. And I think that his brother in Boardwalk Empire is actually played by the guy who provides the, uh, the dumb gets. In this episode, oh, I see. They make an appearance in uh, Boardwalk Empire, and then they en- they end up having a really gruesome death, which is actually awesome. Mm. I kind of forget that. Yeah, but... it was the scene that I think like kicked off the whole like is Boardwalk Empire just pulp? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> that whole like discussion that you know happened mm. on the internet <laughs> ten years, five years ago, um, way back when, way the fuck back. Yeah. Um, but Charmaine's right. I mean, he is a hood and he is dangerous because Artie loses a layer of skin off his hand that fell off like a glove, which is just a fucking terrible but amazing visual at the same time. Oh, it looks like it hurts so bad. And yeah. also all that sauce. I know. Going I know. to waste. Do you serve that? I mean, do you, I don't you think throw so. it out? <laughs> I guess if it has a we, person's... We put our blood, sweat, and tears into our food. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Gross scene. Sad scene. It's a, it's a tragic... And it's a tragic and kind of beautiful story at the same time, I guess. It <laughs> Not is. to sound super pretentious, but... Well, it is, because at the end, he he reconnects with why he actually does it. Right. Which is like... Which is why anyone does something other than just try to be rich all the time at any cost. Right. You know what I mean? Because he actually likes it, and he's completely forgotten that. Right. You know what I mean? And that's like... 
that's what you have to remember. Like I, like I've been there where I'm like, it would be so much easier for me to like get a fucking regular job, you mm-hmm. know, like built trying to build like a freelance fucking empire. It's a disaster. It's so hard. <laughs> right. but, but like, it, you know, you got to remember like, oh, oh yeah, but I actually do like doing this. It's not like all, you know, you start to only see the downside right? sometimes when you're not like making enough money. Yeah. But there are some moments where you're like, remember the joy and just the doing of it, and, I guess. And that's, yeah. yeah. The ironic thing is that like having enough money to survive will make you enjoy Mm-hmm. doing what you're doing because you're not worried all the time True. But, like the trick is to like to be able to you know get on the good foot in that way even when it's tough yeah and Artie finds a way to do that i, I like that it's like a, there's a it's a this episode's a big catharsis for him i think that <laughs> it is yeah. that wouldn't have happened if he didn't get into so much trouble and like get burned right well it's, it's also i mean it's his curtain call there's not another uh arty spotlight episode this is it this is a kind of like our goodbye we're saying goodbye to character oh, by character this man. Season, i think in some That's ways true. um so him this... and the girl with the tits in la mm-hmm. yep curtain call that was it for her yeah great great arc though yeah and amazing tits <laughs> amazing tits yeah <laughs> um but yeah i mean he he's able to at least have this one moment where he does love it again and enjoy it i'm sure it's fleeting you know yeah. uh I mean, we do see him again in the series but i'm just saying this is like his last spotlight episode but i, I think the next time we see him he is complaining about something so they they're those moments are really fleeting but they are there sometimes yeah. you know yeah totally um and then of course like the big difference for Artie though is that he can probably sleep pretty well at night you know yeah yeah Which is because the one... he's not totally fucking everybody over all day long yeah yeah i mean it's it sucks to be taken advantage of like that and just to kind of like learn that hard work maybe doesn't always pay off because it doesn't i mean it really doesn't there's like this yeah. fetishized idea of the of in, in america that like no matter what if you just work hard like great things will happen but that's not always true there no, are people especially out there... if you work for donald trump you mm-hmm. know like uh, as a construction worker or something <laughs> right. like yeah. it's just it like not get paid this thing that people keep pushing where it's like it's such it like i feel like at one point in this country it totally was the truth mm-hmm. you know like when like our grandparents came over or whatever for yeah for sets of people at yeah, least yeah when there were unions um but not to get all agenda here but yeah. like you know there used to be labor unions and it made hard work uh, make more sense mm-hmm. but like this country you got to fucking you got to wheel and deal you know mm-hmm. what i mean like these days at least you do i mean yeah but even then it's like it's a it's a you know the world is is uh, not a sentimental place in reality, you know, and no. it, it's uh, so you can still kind of get yourself fucked over. I mean, granted, not everyone's friends with someone like Tony Soprano. Um, that's yeah. not a good thing. <laughs> no, I know but, that's but, the thing. You know, we, we didn't did. choose that though. I always think no. I mean, I did. Well, well I sort of did. did. I, I sort of chose not to be friends with a Tony Soprano type. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? I'm, I mean, we live in Brooklyn. We could find something if we needed right. to. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. you need someone gone. Hey, you know go talk about it loudly somewhere (laughs) (laughs) someone will someone will approach you i feel like yeah probably probably Uh, but yeah it's it's kind of brutal watching Artie, but it's it's a it's a lovely episode as far as he's concerned yeah it's like it's a movie it really is is. yeah there's like some kind of poetry to it um i don't know i'm being super pretentious today i'm just feeling it i'm feeling the vibes i don't know like the way he shoots the rabbit and he like mm -hmm. takes it out on the rabbit but then the rabbit like becomes his friend yep I love the way that comes. Yeah, the way the way that comes back at the end when they're really good friends just cooking together. Yeah, exactly. Him and the dead rabbit. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna cook together. Uh, and of course, cooking always looks amazing on film. Just the colors and the sounds and and everything. Yeah. It's just like, and like you know, the it's old beautiful. fucking pan that he has. And I know. Like, I love that. He's got the fucked up. Like he's got like the cast on. That's yep. it's like 
it's a really incredible scene. It's nice, yeah. And there's, um, you know, we're going to be talking more and more about legacy and things like that as the season goes on, yeah. especially like at the Cleaver premiere, Tony says something specifically about his legacy and Phil is obsessed with his own legacy. Um, yep. And here we kind of see like the Buko legacy being passed down and it's a good one. It's not one that's based on people getting murdered and crime. It's 100%. like, you know, here's the, he has something like tangible to hold on to and be proud of in a way that the other guys just don't have, you know? That's um, completely true. And yeah. like, and, and, you know, Tony has flashbacks about his dad and it gives him panic attacks. Right. Yeah. But, but what in, in, in Artie's sort of like darkest hour, you know, Angelo's standing right in front of him. Right. Singing words of wisdom. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. You should write that into a song. Yeah. That's, I was, those I was are thinking about lyrics. that. I'd love that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's true. Yeah. It's just like, there will be an answer, you know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> just let it be, just let it be yeah. like, but it, you know, he goes, he goes back to his father's legacy and, and as a way to get back to his roots mm-hmm. and it's not bullshit. Good old days. Crap. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. His dad went through the same thing, but did it for a reason. And he's in it for a reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and I have the same feeling. Like, you know, like I'm in the music industry in 2018. It's like, it's just as freaky as the restaurant industry. Just mm-hmm. like mostly less overhead. You know what I mean? Right. But like the restaurant industry is is really unstable and really hard to do. I, I mean, yeah, I can't even imagine. It's, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. And and um, so I love that. I love that they. I love that they gave him that moment mm-hmm. to sort of tie it up. And he's really, he's really the only character, one of the only characters that like gets out of the series alive, so Most, to speak. Yeah, mostly unscathed. Yeah, because yeah. his curtain call is like, this is really is his final episode in a lot of ways, but it's like, okay, his life is like on the right track and he knows it. Mm-hmm. But like, there's no, I, I can't na- really name another character in The Sopranos who, who, you know, we leave with like, oh, that's nice. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's just none no yeah everybody's living in constant fear yeah and feeling terrible and i love that you mentioned sleeping at night we have the same accountant and um <laughs> he's always saying to me at, like whenever whenever we're talking about something you know you have that once once annual meeting mm-hmm. where it's like it's like a mechanic like why do you ride the clutch so hard you know <laughs> I, I don't know just like hit you over the head with it and yeah. <laughs> like like you're buying a lot of bagels anyway <laughs> but like he always puts things in terms he's like here's what you're gonna do and i'm like yeah but that i don't know and and he never puts things in terms of like yeah but it'll be great because you'll have like all this money or something like that like whatever it is he mm-hmm. always says like he, he says like that he's like the point of this is not that you're like going out and doing something or other. It's like it's who's who's got who's got something to fall back on and sleeps like a baby every single night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he said to me, who, "Who sleeps like a baby all through the night?" <laughs> I was just like me. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then he gave you a lollipop. He does hand out lollipops yeah, he at the end. Lollipop, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the nicest dude, but I love that. But but it kind of also makes sense because like in a, in a world, especially like it's like the only time I ever go to Midtown is to see. Yeah. See my account, <laughs> and like you're you're around people who literally just like make money for a living, you know, mm-hmm. like Wall Street, mm-hmm. like finance, all that shit is just like taking a dollar and making it into a dollar ten. And here's someone who could totally have that cynical outlook, but he's like, no, it's like you sleep well at night because you're not worried about it or mm-hmm. something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, this and- is when he's touting the the virtues of having savings as a freelancer oh interesting <laughs> which that's is a thing that people do yeah it's hard oh, i had no idea <laughs> i heard you don't you don't spend everything you make oh, um, oh. which is interesting in a city where a banana costs 250 <laughs> but uh anyhow 
who sleeps like a baby all through the night. <laughs> this guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So already, already checking in with his moral accountant and, and doing the right thing. He's yeah. got moral savings saved up. And, uh, and that's yeah. exactly right. He comes yeah. from good lineage. You know, I mean, we hear, we hear about Benny having a son and we know that that's just kind of the cycle repeating itself. Like yep. at best that dude, that Benny's son is another AJ at worst. He's another Benny. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. Um, yeah, totally. But, for Artie, he's kind of out of that and uh, and doesn't have doesn't have to worry about like, the sins of his father in the same way that Tony had to and Tony's kids will have to and right that's you know. not like this like the feeling of dread and nothingness right. you know that's where it comes from really yeah do you so I I, I forget at the end of the episode Tony ha- Tony and Artie have it out you know Tony says Tony kind of can't live with what Artie says to him about how he's fucking him over basically mm-hmm. and he's like all right you know what. And, and Tony's not wrong, but he like needs to like get a punch in, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And he's like, no one wants to hear your fucking stories. Like that whole vibe. Yeah. And, um, and recommends I, I, Melfi, by the way, he recommends Melfi. <laughs> yeah. Great. I forget if they have like a resolution. Do they hate each other at the end or are they okay? They're, uh, the next scene I can really think of already being in is when Eric Mangini is there at Vesuvio and they're like, oh man, genius. Like, yeah, in the yeah, fina- yeah, yeah. I think that's in the finale though. <laughs> I think we're, we're meant to, you know, be kind of left. I think we're, we're, we're sort of meant to think that like, this will probably happen again in two years. Artie's gonna be pissed off again about like not being able to fuck a stripper and just like blowing a stack and Tony will be like, all right, calm down. And yeah. it'll just repeat over and over again. But like for the most part, you know, I think they're mostly okay. Yeah, I think I think that they leave it in a lot of ways like they left the conversation about the stripper where Artie's like eh, it's okay it is what it is. It is, yeah. And he kind of just leaves it leaves it be. Yeah. I would have loved if uh next week's episode started with like shot for shot the pilot opening shots but Artie sitting in the chair outside of Melfi's office and the, the, the series <laughs> just starts over like that. <laughs> that would have been that. amazing. Yeah. I would be so into that. Yeah. Um, all right, you want to take a break and we'll come back and Jesus, just... we talked for a whole half an hour about Artie. I'm so happy. <laughs> Not bad. Hey, this is, come this, on. This, this is what it's about. <laughs> this is enjoying the doing right now is what we're is what's happening. Joyful participation in go. the podcast of the world. <laughs> right. All right. We'll be uh, we'll be right back. Left the right. My own Madison Square catch me at the fight with Pam. Once again, if you pan left the device to be the man that right checks with the hand that don't write. I go off the head when I'm rambling on the mic and I go off the fast when I'm scrambling at night and it was off the set. I brought hammers to the fight, but we from New York City, right, Cam? No fucking ZD is brought to you by. I don't know. My publicist handles all that stuff. It's like a zoo. Yeah, I'm talking about your mother's house. <laughs> oh man, he is though. She works for a zoo. Um, welcome back to No Fucking ZD, episode seventy. Dose. We're not trying to offend anyone who works for at a at or for a zoo. No, no, of course that's the choice you made. I mean, listen, that's the choice you made. So that's what's okay. The, what's the salary of a zoologist? Is zoo, zoo, zoologist. I think it's zoo, zoologist. Zoo, I've heard zoologist. Oh, really? But that's like maybe the like the pretentious way to say it. Was that when you were down under in Australia? No. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Just at some point in my life. We got we got some chirpage on on Twitter about not knowing where Australia and New Zealand are, <laughs> and uh, or how far don't... apart they were or were not. Um, 
I, so that, that's all. We're just, just oh, not knowing which one's closer to the U.S. Yeah, we weren't sure They're who was both further away. Far away. It depends on where you are in the U.S. Yeah, well, like I said, I thought they were just right on top of each other, and that's why. <laughs> when, in yeah. from New Zealand, you New, go New down Zealand, under. New Zealand is actually Australia's moon, right? Yeah, right. It, it orbits, it orbits <laughs> Australia. I believe it's something like that. Yeah, and there's just, I think there's just a direct elevator from New Zealand down to Australia, and that's ah. why they say down under. Yeah, is that it's just underneath. So they say like down under, like if you could fold a piece of paper in half like a million times, mm-hmm. then you could reach New Zealand. Yes, actually, is that what they true tell facts. the children? Mm-hmm. True. I like true facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best one. <laughs> that's our next podcast. True facts. <laughs> <laughs> Brendan and Evan. I would love to do that actually yeah just random nonsense oh yeah, god my totally. microphone's falling over um oh our mic guy's coming in to fix it perfect thank you all right <laughs> uh so christopher he sucks <laughs> fucking sucks um christopher goes to hollywood um, <laughs> goes to hollywood <laughs> working title of this episode by the way that's good i like um, that we could well i mean this this uh we got to start with his conversation with tony okay because tony brings up Again, another great line, Christopher. I was in a coma, (laughs) which is really fucking hilarious. Right? Like Chris doesn't. Chris is not that smart, you know. No, I guess not. No, he's not. He's certainly not as smart as Tony. Can't outsmart Tony, at least. Yeah. No. Um. He's but he's got big ideas, even bigger dreams, and uh, (laughs) sort of he tells himself that at least Mm -hmm. to kind of maybe not realize his his uh or to get away from his reality back home in Jersey. Totally. Um. But he's gonna go out to L.A. with with little Carmine and pitch a movie to Sir Ben Kingsley, which is now The Ring meets The Godfather. No longer Saw meets The Godfather. It's right. The Ring meets The Godfather. Right. Or maybe they're just adjusting the pitch. Like you, I think so, yeah. Like you don't like massage your resume depending on like who you're sending it to. Oh, of course I do. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you, you put in bigger letters like this thing if, you know, mm-hmm. if uh, it's you know someone who's not so cool or something. I, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Carmine's smart to do it, actually. I have to say, Carmine... You know, he does a pretty good job out in Hollywood. He totally holds his own. You know, there's there's that little shot when they're in the luxury lounge and they're going to take a picture of Ben Kingsley and Carmine has to like reach over and tap Chris and remind him to to get in the picture with Ben Kingsley. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, Carmine fucking he knows the he knows what's up. That picture's you know? gonna wind up on the wall at an Italian restaurant yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I know, probably. <laughs> probably with Shelly from I River. <laughs> Remember I River? Oh boy. Uh, no, I don't actually. It's like a different kind of, it was like a Zune. Remember Zune? Oh, yes, I do actually. Portable music. Mm-hmm. Wave of the future. Mm-hmm. And now it's in your fucking phone. <laughs> this is all pre-iPhone too. All of the Sopranos is pre-iPhone. Wow, which, you think that's a statement? Uh, I think that was intentional. I think they yeah. were like, let's get this done before this revolutionary phone comes out next year after the finale airs. Oh, see, I think that they they fucking they knew. That's they knew. an indication of the singularity or whatever. Hey, by the way, did you read that thing I sent you about how we're probably living in a computer simulation? Uh, I have not yet. That was uh, it's good. Yeah, it's I free. believe it though. I yeah. mean, I ba- I basically believe that. If you think about it, it's actually more likely than not. Mm-hmm. It's at least I believe that we're living in some kind of shared uh, dream world. <laughs> yeah. So last, uh, so a couple weeks ago, we divulged that that the NFC podcast is actually created with artificial intelligence. It's mm-hmm. a machine learning protocol mm-hmm. um, that, you know, and it accounts for like the sloppiness and the, you know, the charm the, and the good looks. Yes. And the yes extremely funny, extremely funny, witty jokes that yeah. we are always ta- telling. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. right, right, right now, right <laughs> now we are. So um, I hope that you're enjoying your simulation today. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here. I am. 
It's good. Always and Always. forever. And if you're listening, can you turn off the wind in Brooklyn? It's really <laughs> driving me crazy. I, yeah. I have to walk a dog. Not all of us can stay inside all day. Yeah. Uh, so. we, we, we haven't done the NFC uh, weather update. Um, it's oh, yeah. Because it's actually the most highly rated uh, portion of the segment of the show is the weather. There's like a spike. Yeah. In... You can just like, you can actually track when people turn the podcast on and off and they always turn it right off <laughs> at the end of the weather thing. So does that mean it but, was good or bad? That means it was good. No, well, it's ultimately bad, but, you know, it's fine as long as someone's listening to something, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So it's cold <laughs> it's and windy. It's really cold and windy in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. in most of the tri-state area, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. It fucking stinks, man. Yeah. It sucks. Great. Um, so for those of you who are sticking around and really enjoy getting weather from the past and in a different location than you are, yeah. uh, welcome back. And how I, I, I hope that all our listeners in Australia are really digging this weather update wherever they are, <laughs> wherever they are <laughs> in Australia or up above in New Zealand, Yep, you know? Uh, great. So, uh, um, so, so yeah. So Chris, I totally hijacked this thing talking about fucking AI and all that stuff. We're, we're talking about Chrissy. Well, the AI simulation hijacked and did that. Oh, it's right. Predictive podcasting is what this is. The machine learning protocol is really good at like unnecessary tangents. <laughs> <laughs> great. Uh, so Chris, uh, Chris goes to LA. He's going to make Tony a lot of money. He promises. Um, yeah. and which, it, which he comes through on. He does a good job. Yeah, well, he comes back with toys at least. Well, the... no, I mean in the end, <laughs> in the end, Cleaver is a successful. Oh, true, film. right, right, right. Yeah. Um, they don't get Sir Ben, who was just woefully poorly matched with uh, with these two guys. I mean, I don't know what they really thought they were going to be doing. Uh, it, well, it's but... be- it's the only they're 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 kind of mixing their actual business prowess you know mm-hmm. short as it may be um they're like mixing that with like mob tactics yeah like the only way the only reason why they got this meeting is because carmine got his agent out of a little trouble in right. the keys or whatever something like that you know yeah. and yeah. so this isn't like a legit they weren't like you know they weren't going through like variety and they were like oh my god sir ben right like, let's look at his imdb and make sure he's right yeah you know the, the script isn't even done no, they, they're they were going to tailor it to, to to ben kingsley is that is that dumb you don't say that uh, I mean, if you are maybe a little more established, you could probably, I mean, you could say that. I'm sure that gets said quite a bit, but it's all, it's usually good to have a finished product when you're going into these, yeah, these things. I yeah. mean, not always, who knows? Well, but also like, it would be much easier to pitch if it was like, and this is why we think you're perfect because of this detail and all yeah. this stuff, you know? Right. But I would imagine like, you know, like going to hang out with Daniel Day Lewis, if you're, uh, I was about to say Paul F. Tompkins. Yep. Pa- uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. <laughs> you're Paul Thomas Anderson. You're like, yeah, you know, we could change it. It could be, you know, it could be a milkshake instead of uh, right, right. instead of a protein shake. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Which I think is actually how the, those guys work. They like kind of wrote a it together. Shake. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Oh, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you were saying something real. Um, no. Yeah. Okay. So bad, bad pitch, but like Carmine is clearly more naturally... Uh, he just feels more natural among these people. He does, yeah. Does a, does a fairly good job. And, I mean, Christopher probably could have done an okay job, too, but he almost immediately starts doing cocaine. And, uh, I mean, he's with the hookers and doing cocaine the very first night, basically. And then he gets in trouble with the hooker because he tries to steal more cocaine from her. Right. By going through <laughs> right. her purse. Yeah. He's like, it fell. It's like <laughs> such classic bullshit. But he's clearly been up too late and just totally out of it when they finally go 
actually go to the meeting with Ben Kingsley. He forgets his part of the pitch. You know, he, yeah. he's supposed to bring up JT and the writing and the scripts and just is sitting there zoned out doing the the, the classic Chrissy stare. Yeah. Um. So you know, it's it's like it's it's the 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 classic Soprano story where where you know we just see these guys don't really like to put any effort into anything. They no. don't actually do the. Unlike Artie, they don't actually do any day-to-day work. You well, know? He's, Chrissy's also clearly terrified of mm. having to do something based on his... This might be a stretch here, but like he's assuming he's deep enough for this. I think that on some level, he's terrified of like being out there just as a person, you mm-hmm. know, because he's used to... It's just like Carmela. He's used to being able to strong-arm people mm-hmm. and get what he wants. That's how the movie got written. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like... Right, yeah. And so having to go talk to Sir Ben and actually appeal to someone on just like a basic level when you're when when the playing field is leveled between you and like the next guy that's going to talk like Shelly from I River or whatever. Right. Um, I really like Shelly from I River. <laughs> uh, but... Uh, you know, I think that he's he's freaked out about it and he mm-hmm. doesn't know what to do with it. And Carmine is like a l- little bit more gifted at just like talking to people because Carmine fancies himself like a normal businessman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he was Chrissy, shielded. Yeah. yeah, but Chrissy. Well, yeah, but I mean, Carmine is more like Tony a little bit in that mm. he's like a, you know, a captain industry type. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? But Chrissy is like he's he's a cowboy artist dude he's been watching too many movies and yeah. so he just doesn't see it that way yeah. he sees himself as like a, a gangster you know what i mean yeah and not being that and and kind of being down on like all the dumb people's level you know right. just having to pitch something and convince some someone without a gun is just something he's not ready for yeah he's he's it's the classic like fish out of water story really he's just so totally not I, uh, yeah in, you could call it that that sure. was mo- that was very well put i am gonna call it that thank, thank you. you thank you <laughs> yeah i think and that's probably why he so quickly gets back into doing drugs and i think it, it i i'm guessing right because i mean what do we see they show up carmine's like i'm gonna go to the bar uh, Chris says he can handle it, and then I think the very next time we see him, he's he's leaning over to, to do lines of coke. Well, he I saw. Th- so, first of all, he gave the the flight attendant an earful about. Mm-hmm. But that's what Carmine mentions. He says, he says the flight attendant put down the champagne. He, right. gave, him, he right. gave her an earful. Right, and then. Um, or he calls her a stewardess, I believe, which is very <laughs> passe. No more. Yeah. Um, but uh, but then the hooker walks in and he sees her and he's like, light bulb. He's like, I know what you are. Uh, I say, I say. I, yeah. So I missed that because I'm a gentleman and I wasn't looking for the hookers in the shot. But well, um, sorry, I was. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he's uh, right away gets into his vices. And mm-hmm. I would uh, my guess is, you know, if I were if I were if there were a scene with Melfi in this episode, breaking that down. Yeah. Um, that it would have something to do with feeling pretty insecure about being there and less than, if you will. Less and, than. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, that, that's my guess, at least. He, he knows, oh shit, wait, I don't actually belong here and that's probably a really depressing thought. Yeah. I would think, yeah? No, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with yeah. that. Which is sad because like, I forget the name of the movie now, but when Cleaver. Lauren Bacall, <laughs> right, when Lauren Bacall <laughs> first shows up though, he immediately knows like her film, he'll, her filmography you know doesn't have knots yes yeah that's what it is i mean he clearly um has some knowledge of of movie history he's a student of the cinema cinema. (laughs) (laughs) Um, when he used to get high at blockbuster that's that's (laughs) that's what that's what he was watching candy and carpet smell (laughs) i remember that smell that's a really good line because everyone who went to blockbuster they all fucking smelled like that i know i know 
Um, so you could kind of see, though, and, and maybe in, in another life, in his own like finity life, that he might be pretty good at being the LA guy and and yeah. and and being a producer. I mean, what is being a producer? It's like half of it is having good taste, and he seems to at least, or he at least understands film well, history and film the, knowledge. That's the irony of all of this: is that the concept of his film is actually like rock solid. Mm-hmm. Saw meets the Godfather with the Godfather, which we got it. You know, Ghostbusters, another fucking money <laughs> machine. Like he gets it. He actually thinks like a producer too, where he's like, here are the references and what we're putting together. Mm-hmm. Like you totally ruined the film industry for me one day when we were on the subway, like years ago, mm. when this isn't that bad. Don't worry. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> like we were, we were on the subway and I saw a poster for that movie with like Paul Rudd and Jack Nicholson that no one ever watched. Mm. And I was like, Whoa, a movie with Paul Rudd and Jack Nicholson. That sounds really cool. And you were like, that's literally how that movie got pitched. Like probably before the script was written. Yeah. They were like, what if we did this? Cause some guy on the subway, <laughs> it's gonna be like whoa those two no yeah. way you know yeah and so he totally thinks like a producer in those like what the, the very like two-dimensional like return on investment type yeah. terms so you know what i mean that kind of thinking that yeah that'll, you know that'll be a hit yeah there's not a lot of criterion cr- collection at his house let's just, probably let's not. just put it that way <laughs> yeah, i don't, th- I don't think he's like seen bottle rockets more than five times <laughs> <laughs> probably not no <laughs> um so of course, we we know going in that this this was never going to work, and it doesn't work. I mean, Ben Kingsley looks at them for the the goons that they are. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're nobodies. You know, like it's I I I do kind of love when the show does this, where it pairs up a mob person who thinks they're all powerful in their little neighborhood in New Jersey yep. versus someone like like Al. Sip- Al Sapienza. Sapienza Alan, Sapp- Alan Sapinsley. Yeah, from uh, season four. You know, I mean, here's. Yes. I mean, Tony wins. Yeah, Tony wins in the end, I guess. Uh, we're led to believe, at least. And But still, it's it's Tony thinks he's super powerful, but then here's this like high-powered lawyer coming in. I mean, who is Tony Soprano to, to him, you know? Well, right. And it's like it's like the lawyer, the, those outside people come in and they're like, I don't believe in magic. And mm-hmm. then like immediately like it levels the playing field and it's like these people who actually have standing in the real world mm-hmm. have the real power. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's, that's, I suppose like one of the things that the show plays on all the time is how out of touch these guys actually are. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're like, laughing stocks. They're yeah. laughing stocks, like between the gay thing and like the way they dress mm-hmm. and like all these retro retrograde views on things, you know, mm-hmm. and like, the clone and sheep conversation, you know what I mean? Like, wow. they only way back, way back. Yeah. I'm d- digging deep. There's nice. a deep cut. The, like the only, the only thing that Chrissy knows about cloning cloning is actually cell phones. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. Like, for, crime, for criminal activity. For criminal activity. He yeah. thinks that that's where the word ca- ca- came from, you mm-hmm, know? And mm-hmm. it's like, they're not privy to so much shit. And it like only carries water, like literally where they are. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 totally. Um, and maybe that's why they hate the idea of being Mr. and Mrs. Mike Smith in, in Arizona as well, you know, because they just don't. There's there, there's nothing that they can grab onto and like swing at someone, you know what I mean? Yeah, their tactics just wouldn't work at all. Yeah, yeah. as we see here. Yeah, um, I also kind of, I thought about the the David Chase thing we went to where he was talking about the key to writing the show was understanding that these guys were just always scamming in some way. Yeah. Uh, so I I do love watching Christopher just in total awe of the luxury lounge yeah. <laughs> and just all the shots of all these toys and the and the watches and whatever else is even in there I, nonsense total nonsense and that shit exists I it's know. crazy yeah i've seen it 
I've yeah. never, no one's ever given me well, anything. You, you presented at the Oscars. I presented at the yeah. Oscars and they gave me a Burt's Bees uh, lip balm. Right, yeah. <laughs> you were the, I believe you handed the, the best picture envelope with La La Land in it. Yes, to, yes, yes right, I did. That was you. Yeah. And I said, JK, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, it's ridiculous how it they have this stuff. And I mean, it's, uh, well, it's interesting that, that all I'll say is that it's interesting that Chrissy mentions the haves and have nots, you know? Yes, true. Fitting. True, true. Without knowing anything about the movie other than the title, I can say that it's fitting. It, probably, yeah. But the whole <laughs> thing takes place in a luxury lounge. Yeah. And who's, who's the one you like from I, from I River? <laughs> Shelly from I River, right. for she sure. She's a short, short-haired short one towards the end of the line. She has her hair up in all these little buns. Yeah, she's yeah. meant to look a little hip and edgy because right. she, she's talking about how many like sick Natalie Imbruglia songs right. the I River can hold. <laughs> she know? already looked dated in yeah, 2006, exactly. which is really funny. But like hot still. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I wonder where she is now. <laughs> I like thinking about the extras like in Friends episodes these yeah. young hot 20 somethings in, in, in the perk in Central, in Central Perk. Perk they all have kids in college now they get residuals though from that they prob- probably they probably still get like a couple hundred bucks a year probably like well, from syndication maybe the ba- well, I don't know who knows 14 cents a month probably something like that really that little from that show i would think so well the friends actors no that's welcome to the friends podcast by the way the friends, the friends. <laughs> no the actors on any of these shows could do one episode and basically live off of that money for like years and years and years yeah some of them could for like, sure wasn't what was james gandolfini pulling by the end of this series was it like 20 million an episode or something mm, i think it's two, i think it was two million an episode i would do three episodes and then not work for like 15 or 20 I know, years you could do it yeah, yeah exactly like yeah. i mean if I, you know, if we follow the advice of our accountant, mm-hmm. you know, whose expenses don't grow with their salary, who <laughs> sleeps like a baby all through the night, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that's what you got to do. You got to live like a 30 year old in Brooklyn. Who's like annoyed that bananas are $2 and 50 cents, which and is that, annoying. And that every time you seamless, you manage to spend $20, like no matter what, <laughs> you know, you're like, I got a soup and a piece of bread and it was $20. Yeah. Seamless is dangerous that way. It's so good. Shopping with your stomach. It's not even a restaurant. I know. What's up with that? Yeah. Uh, so Christopher <laughs> needs to come back with something. And, uh, this and, is the, and this they is come the up with a scam. podcast. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about seamless yeah. and how much things cost. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do we sound old? Are we boring? <laughs> I very well might be. Are we boring? We ask each other, we ask each other that question every time we sit down. Yep. <laughs> Always ordering the usual. Uh, so anyway, so Christopher does come up with a scam. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course it involves punching Lauren Bacall in the face, which I think if you're of a certain age must have been like fucking hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's still funny to me, but she, I wasn't someone I grew up thinking about all the time. It'd be like watching Meryl Streep get punched in the face now, I think. I guess something so. like that. She I, was I older know. than Meryl Streep at that time. But yeah. for, for me, what I really think about it is like, you know, a, a small thing like that for someone like above age 70 is like actually a big deal, you mm-hmm. know, like get mm-hmm. it, like she mm-hmm. might be like kind of she might have, you know, issues for a while. Would have been crazy if they killed off Lauren Bacall on the show. <laughs> they should have done that. Frankie Valley and Lauren Bacall in the same episode. Wow. Yeah. True. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been something. Um, I I, I got to say something. Um, <laughs> I guess I have said something. But um, <laughs> are we boring? Uh, I I got to say I really like Murmur in we this do. episode, especially because he it he actually proves his worth not just by being a goon, not just in terms of being a goon and like the credit card guy with kind of a big mouth, mm-hmm. but he comes through for Chris. Yeah. And I really like it. Cause he's actually like, 
clean it seems like he's not slipping all over the place no it seems that way yeah right and he so he gets on a plane and he goes back and he's like the dude that chrissy needs in his life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. but also he's there's a little taste of home you know what i mean he gets out there and chris (laughs) feels a little more comfortable yeah i guess so true i'm i'm curious about murmur we don't ever see him just get introduced in any real way right he's just kind of there one night with christopher at his meeting and they the intro that he gets is um he is tony says to him like does does uh does it do you have to bring your fucking sponsor everywhere or something mm, like that right says, it's not just that he helps me with the disease tone this guy is great at forging documents <laughs> <laughs> incredible yeah and so that's all i needed yeah you know okay. what I, mean? I mean I, I, me too but they trust him with a lot which is kind of surprising so i wasn't sure if he was like a mob guy first who mm. then just was like assigned okay you're christopher sponsor or if he was someone who tried really hard to get sober and then just unfortunately met christopher in aa but he is and, sober uh, he is he's right? the guy That's that the he's the guy that chris talks to about uh juliana margulies when she right. when she shows up in kaisha right you know what i mean yeah, yeah, yeah so he's saying like i don't know and the guy's like two schools of thought bad habit shit or whatever you know what i mm-hmm, mean like mm-hmm. I like him. He, I like that guy he too, really yeah. comes through for Chris and he shows up and he shoots him straight. Not in a mafia. Like his reaction is not a mafia reaction. His action is an AA reaction where he's yeah, like, whoa, yeah, yeah. you got to fucking chill out. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it's something that like not a lot of people can get away with in Chrissy's life. Like JT Dolan mm-hmm. tries to go back and forth with that shit sometimes, but like it just doesn't work. He's like, he can't talk to Chrissy like a sponsor anymore because he owes Chrissy money. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't hit me with that shit. Real Mur- dark character. <laughs> Murmur's probably not on the payroll in the same way. Um, so how many Sopranos episodes do you have to do to like be like modestly set for life? Um, well, I would say a, f- a, f- a few. <laughs> well, more than so, <laughs> like that. Like is Benny Fazio. Like, does he like not? Can he kind of like turn down work at this point? I would. I mean, I, I don't know. It depends on, I guess, how, how how you save it and what you do with it, really. But I would say well, probably yeah. not. I would say like the 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 four top actors, like Gandolfini, um, Edie Falco, Michael Imperioli. Really, I mean them. Really, a junior maybe. Bacala. I don't think he's set for life. I mean, he's still working. He's on Blue Bloods now. Yeah, totally. Uh, I mean, like, not that know? they don't have to. Yeah, not, yeah, 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 true, not that true. they don't want to. But I mean, like, you I, know, the Robert, kids probably the are kid, doing okay. I'm sure that they... They probably weren't spending any money while they were doing the first half of the show. Yeah, except on, like, Nintendos and, like, snowboards, probably. Remember that episode of Punked where they... That, where they uh, they played Frankie Muniz and told him that they were like impounding his car and he started crying. <laughs> yes. Didn't he also like try to attack someone too? There was someone <laughs> on that show. Out. Yeah, he did flip out. Uh, a friend of mine who lives in, well, I guess I won't, I won't say, but he lives uh, out of New York. Uh, um, <laughs> is he in witness protection or something? <laughs> yeah, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, he ran into Frankie Muniz at the gym recently and because I guess he's like touring with Dancing with the Stars. Frankie and, from the gym. Frankie from the gym, yeah. yeah. Malcolm in the Middle, great show by the way. Yeah. Great. Also, I just I recently listened to the um, the Bill Simmons podcast with Brian Cranston, oh, and he yeah. talks about about doing that show and how how interesting it is seeing people grow up. And he's like, it's fucked up to be a child actor. Like you have no like meter for the outside world and like yeah. how other people see you because you're immediately famous. And Bill Bill Simmons like just jumps right in and he's like, so is Frankie Muniz is fucked up. He seems okay, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he did have a weird thing. He had a medical condition and apparently doesn't remember shooting any of Malcolm in the Middle. What? I don't know what happened, but some he had this a stroke or something 
young and he doesn't Holy remember shooting shit. that show. Yeah. The silent killer. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, great show. And Brian Cranston on that. I actually think of him more from that show than I do Breaking Bad. I think of him more from Seinfeld. Yeah, he's also great on that. But like, he's only, he only did, he did six episodes of Seinfeld. That's it. So Is that it really? Not set for life, clearly. Uh, <laughs> probably not. Well, Breaking Bad <laughs> probably helped out quite a bit. I'm sure but, he's fine after Breaking Bad. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think like, yeah. So, I mean, Gandolfini's family is probably set forever now. I yeah. would assume Edie Falco, even though she's still working pretty steadily, yeah, probably her, could she take some does a lot serious of Nurse time Jackie off. and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, and the Menendez case thing for Law and Order, she did that as well. Oh, I haven't watched that yet. Was it good? Uh, I haven't watched it either, but I'm going to guess no. I'm just going to go on just a limb. Way out just on a limb. Probably say probably not. Okay. But who knows? Tweet us about it. Let us know what you thought. Yeah, if you watched it. Oh, another show. We had someone ask a while ago, and then I promise we'll talk about The Sopranos. Um, we don't have to. Just True Facts. True Facts mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that uh, one of the shows I forgot to mention uh, in terms of uh, excellent things on television right now, mm-hmm. we got a question about like, what the fuck else should I watch if you have so much of a problem with all these things? Um, that <laughs> yeah. was the question, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was, yeah. <laughs> okay, genius, tell me. You know? <laughs> um, basically, uh, Atlanta. Atlanta is incredible. It was great. It's fucking hilarious. It's mm-hmm. really well written. It is. And I'm I'm in awe of Don, Don, Don Glover. He's quite, he's quite the talent. G. He's unbelievable. Yeah. And he won a fucking Grammy this year. I can't can't stand this kid did he though he did he did he, did. Yeah, he yeah, won yeah. best uh traditional r&b performance or something the dude Grammys, that record was great yeah it was it yeah. was um yeah i'm not uh i'm not in in the biz the music industry but the grammys are ne- always neither are the grammys <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's, that's the, the funny thing. thing it's like it's like the sloppiest messiest constantly running behind award show i don't know what it is this particular one like the performances seem to outnumber the awards like two to one they always kind of feel that way to me though in a really? way maybe I mean, i'm just used to the oscars where it's like and now from frozen yeah. you know but they're, they start late the grammys they're always they're behind from the get-go it's, yeah. it's like I, I'm not, I don't love James Corden, but I know he's like a serviceable host. But even he <laughs> serviceable host. That's, yeah, well, he's that's, good at that. It's quite a report card. <laughs> <laughs> he's good at being a host. I mean, he's not exactly my sense of humor because he's just happy and having a fun life. And I uh, I see yeah. darkness everywhere. He needs but, some suits that fit. That's my yeah. thing. It's like just one size. Like I'm I'm a husky gentleman. I know what that's like. One size up, James. Yeah, and, really. And it really will come through. You know, when you see those buttons like hanging on for dear life, you're like, you're making yourself feel fatter than you are mm. by wearing something <laughs> that's too small. I see. Classic head game. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he's, yeah. Well, he's probably getting told that that's what he should be wearing. But yeah, I mean, he's hosting the Grammys and just like flying through the lines. And I mean, they didn't even give him, give him a chance to be a good or funny host. Yeah. You know, it's just wild. He did a couple of things that were okay. But yeah. Anyway, this, true, the, true facts podcast. True facts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so what's, uh, what's left of uh, Rusty? We'll see at the crossroads. Um, that's it. That's all you have for Rusty. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's basically it. This well, is a great good, scene. I, I like, it, I like the, it, the, the choreography of the, it of happens the, the right hit. away too. Yeah. Um, the, the weirdo drug addict porn store guy, mm-hmm. um, who will be another low key, like super important character mm-hmm. in a way, yeah. in a way toward the end when they ice the wrong Phil. Yes. It looks exactly like Phil, right. <laughs> the same fucking douchebag haircut. Right. Um, right. he, he's really interesting to me. Like his whole story with like, he moved over with his parents when he was two. Yeah. Fluent in Italian. Yeah. Fluent in Italian. And the whole, that whole, all of the things that involve those two Italian hitmen, who mm-hmm. I love by the way, they're mm-hmm. like, they're like goofing around. It's like they're construction workers, you yeah. know? Um, and 
all of those scenes like smack of Godfather Two vibes for me. Yeah, totally. Because there's a like they ask him like, "Oh, how did you learn to speak Italian?" And they're like, "And they're like, oh, you're from where?" You know, mm-hmm. and he like doesn't want to tell them. And like, I feel like. I don't think that this is actually the case, but I feel like they, they loved leaving that little, like maybe it's like a Vito Corleone type situation. Interesting. Vito Andolini type situation where like, maybe there was a, a, a kerfuffle and they had to leave. Oh, interesting. Some shit went down. I had to leave. You know what I mean? I like this backstory you're filling in for him. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Like maybe, maybe his parents like got into some trouble. He had to come over here. You know what I mean? Like who knows? Yeah. It's like a reverse Furio perhaps. Right. Um, And then, you know, when the guys get on the plane to go back with like the super Italian music and also the way that they're talking in the pace mm-hmm. feels very Godfather to me, Definitely, especially the Italian. Yeah, definitely. Like, well, no, man, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also like the little detail from that scene. That's great. Is, is David Chase is on that plane. He's sitting one seat over uh, across the aisle. Um, just some nice continuity there because David Chase's first cameo was when they go to Italy and Polly tries to, you know, befriends the the local guys at the cafe. Oh, One of those guys right. is David Chase just kind of being like, fuck this guy. And so I kind of like that in this world, David Chase is an Italian guy who lives in Italy, came to New York and is just happens to be on that plane going back to Italy. Perhaps he's you know? an Italian fed following Maybe. some of these guys. Is, to- is, is, is Tony Chase... The guy who kills Tony at the end. <laughs> is David Chase the guy who kills Tony? I guess literally he is. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I suppose. In a way, yeah. Maybe. Um, so Rusty's gone. Uh, that was a nice favor for Johnny Sack. We get a little shot of, a couple shots of Phil. It fills in a few scenes, but um, uh-huh. um, so we'll get back to all that whole, that saga soon. But yeah. uh, for now, Tony's in, in New York's good graces. I love it. Uh, they still, they're still hot and heavy for Vito. They want to get rid of him, but he's, he's missing for now. Yep. And um well he has that fucking freak out at the at the at the dinner. The maid dinner. Yeah. Um yeah, he which really plays goes... into my uh theory kind of perfectly. True. I'm wondering do we get any 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 Twitter kerfuffle about that? More about that? I don't think so. I think everyone said, "Wow, Evan's completely right." Um that was the only thing Just I got. Just in their head though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But again, the AI kind of translate that for us. I'll take it. So uh, so yeah, anything else? I, I think that's pretty much it. No Melfi this week. Nothing with the kids, really. Nope. Uh, we know that Carmela and uh, her dad are still feuding a little bit. And, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and, that's pretty much it. Who the fuck cares about that? Yeah, you they'll, know they'll be mean? back to normal soon. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you think the veto like love scenes are boring try watching Carmela and her dad fight for four episodes Jesus that would be terrible because <laughs> we did I mean they sent us episodes that, yeah. were, that was just that and we, we, were, had, like, we were like guys this, this won't do this is not gonna work yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah next week we're back in New Hampshire <laughs> and some other shit's probably happening Johnny Cakes I'm so psyched for Johnny Cakes yeah this is it I love Johnny some Cakes good stuff coming we're also up. gonna get some good AJ coming pretty soon yes we will officially on staff at Blockbuster. We will indeed. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we got a couple questions this week. Let's do it. This one comes from uh, at Walk Pulse three twenty eight. W A L C Pulse three twenty eight. What other shows would you most like to see Polly be a cr- special crossover character on? Ooh. So what would be a good? I'm assuming in character, not just Tony Sirico. No, in character uh, would uh, be in good. character as Polly. Yeah. Um. Wow, that's an interesting question. Mm. Atlanta? It'd be great on Atlanta, actually. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. It would be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Um, what about like Veep or something like that? 
Maybe. Veep would be good, but that Veep is so dialogue heavy. True. Veep is such a good show, but I find it very difficult to watch because it's just like joke after joke. After, it's like I, so fast. I take long breaks watching it sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Just a little too much. Yeah. Um, so Atlanta. I think, yeah, Polly would be a great character, at least for a one-off yeah. for Atlanta. Or like, or like Family Feud. Yeah. <laughs> like he would be a hilarious... I mean, he'd be a funny host, but I think a cont- as a contestant, he would be unbelievable. Yeah, I wonder if they ever did that. I wonder if there was ever a so, so, like Sopranos talk show, game show thing with like the whole cast. For I some can, reason, I feel yeah. like there was, but I can't picture it right they, now. They did it on, well, they didn't do it on Inside the Actor's Studio, but they had a lot of them on. Right, right. Not the same. Um, this one comes from uh, uh, at Queen Bufferton. This is a really, this is a good question for us specifically. <laughs> Who would be the better lover, Tony or Christopher? <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> I'm going Tony all the way. Oh, me too. Yeah, okay, good. I'm glad. Chrissy with the drugs and like, because Chrissy's, Chrissy's fallen in love like right away. Yeah, you know? right. Like, He's obsessed. Doesn't, we can just She tell. doesn't get me. You get me. You know what I mean? He's, he's, he's like Artie. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's going to be too, too connected. Well, too, uh, you know. He's just going to put all his all his eggs in that basket really quickly. And, you know, I'm kind of looking for more of a casual thing. So I think right. I'll go with Tony. Tony, yeah. yeah. Um, this one comes from at Skylands CSC. Um, it's a long way. I'm going I'm to paraphrase this a little bit. Um, what do you think went into Tony and Karm naming their for- firstborn daughter Meadow? It's not really a New Jersey Italian. I always wondered that. In the 80s when, all the, yeah, when they were all n- naming all their daughters Jennifer and Melissa, he says. Oh. What do you think happened there? I have no idea. Yeah, I know. It's just an interesting choice. I'm sure there's some deep thing that we're just totally missing <laughs> that, the, that the writers intended there. Or, but I'm not totally sure. Or maybe sure. David Chase knew someone named Meadow. Yeah, I guess so. You know? Um, I mean, it's a cute name. Yeah. I well, like it. His daughter is named Hunter, and I would imagine that he's putting some of his own father-daughter personal stuff in that story. So maybe Hunters sometimes go through meadows. Meadows, right. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be, be my thought, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's a, clearly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, so that that wraps it up. We have some questions we already got before. Um, someone asked if this is the if there were other names for the podcast, but I think it was always just No Fucking ZD. Yeah, we... Uh... We didn't talk about that much. It just kind of came together. Yeah. It just it just seemed to work. It's very Googleable in a way. In a way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Although I, that YouTube that YouTube video of Anthony saying it always, always comes yeah. up first. Um, but, um but I has think it was, way more views than we ever get. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but uh but I think that you were terrified at the beginning because you thought that I, iTunes would like remove us because we had the word fuck in the title. Well, they, they did reject us. Oh, oh, I okay. think we tweeted out or like I posted on Reddit that we were going to start like tonight at midnight and then like clicked send on iTunes and like an hour later it was like your podcast has been banned from the iTunes store. <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck? How'd you get it back? Just using the asterisk? Yeah, using the asterisk because there's there's uh, lots of shows that have, I mean, there's what the fuck with Mark Maron, but that's WTF now, but there's a uh-huh. podcast called Guys We Fucked and wow. they just use the star and i was like but a lot of their titles still have some some dirty words in there and i was like well why can't we be up and i think it just took a couple different tries and finally it got up there well that, and here we are well we had to grease the wheels over at apple <laughs> yeah. you know we, we went to lean on the inspector guy big time that's yeah. what happened <laughs> Uh, and then a couple of people asking what we're going to do after this. We don't we don't quite know yet. We true just facts true facts. Yeah, that's, that's true facts podcast. <laughs> that's going to be one hundred percent. Yeah. Um. Actually, no. We're going to do and we're going to we're going to do true facts. But Preet Bharara has been asking us mm. if we will 
you know, do a podcast with him. Mm -hmm. He's got the most popular podcast numerically. Oh, really? But culturally, he can see that we have an advantage. He, yeah, we we tapped into the zeitgeist in some way. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly that what he said. It might not seem like we're, we're talented, but that has, that's a talent in its own. Yeah, on its own. It's just really, it's you know, it's hard to be humble, mm -hmm. but we pull it off. Mm -hmm. We <laughs> certainly <laughs> do. <laughs> Uh, so Preet, you know, we don't know when we'll get around to it, but, uh, have your people call my people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and hold your horses. All right. He's, he's being a little, uh, little, little <laughs> he's putting a little pressure on, but we're like, we got to finish the season first. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. He that, thinks he's so high and mighty because Bruce Springsteen knows who he is. Oh that's, yeah. That's the issue. You, you don't know? think he knows who we are? I bet in some <laughs> sixth degree way he might. <laughs> that might be interesting. Yeah. Or, or perhaps when he was the, uh, the, uh, the state's attorney for the Southern District of New York, mm. our names made it across his desk <laughs> at some point. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> uh, so that wraps it up for questions. And so, someone asked about, uh, about Twin Peaks and I know you haven't watched it. I know I've been talking about it nonstop for a couple weeks, but yeah, I just I got finally nothing. finished the season and I'll Although I watched it in 2018, it was far and away the best thing of 2017, and I would highly wow. recommend it. But I say that knowing that it would probably piss a lot of people off because it's a frustrating show at the same time. I but just it was amazing. can't get going. Oh man! If you like Mulholland Drive, I would say you're going to love the new Twin Peaks season because it reminds I, me of that more than the old Twin Peaks. I've dragged myself through Mulholland Drive. Yeah, but that's yeah. 90 minutes long. Yeah. You know, Twin Peaks, the first episode is like two and a half hours or something. The you old know? one, yeah, well, it's 90 minutes, but with commercials, it's, it was two hours. But yeah. then this, uh, yeah, I don't know. I love the new season. I, I went into it thinking like, it's a revival. I don't really like when they bring shows back. The X-Files sucks now. Oh, um, sorry. And so I was just kind of like, eh, this, I'm, I, w I wasn't sure I was going to even like Twin Peaks, but I ended up, I was amazed at how much I actually just loved every episode. Okay. So, so there you go. We'll I would recommend it, it but... It's not going to resolve in any uh, understandable way. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Great. Great. Um, so we will see you uh, next week, next month, next year. We're not sure, but uh, Johnny Case will be up who, soon. Who knows? We may not even be here. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's true. Life moves fast. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, that wraps it up for Luxury Lounge. So we'll be back next time with Johnny Cakes. Here we go. I've been waiting for this moment or that moment, whatever. All your life. Since, what was it, like December 2014? Yes, we got going? it was. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm so excited. I'm going to wear like a party hat. Nice. You finally here. Made it to Johnny Kiss. You made it. Yeah. Um, all right. Bye.